What's up? What's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast. I'm excited you joined me today because we have gone through great lengths to bring you this interview. And I'm so excited to introduce you to Dr. Jean Ausler, otherwise known as the Results Queen. And she's been in business psychology and is considered one of the country's top business consultants, top-rated speaker, and a world-class business performance coach. She's the author of Give Up Goals and Results Are Yours. Using innovative brain science, Dr. Jean is the creator of a groundbreaking business growth system called the Caveman Brain Business Growth System. So we're going to learn all about that. We're going to learn from her years of wisdom and experience. I'm excited for you to meet her and finally get you this interview. Here we go. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Dr. Dean, in the house. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for joining me. Michael, I am too. It, it's taken us a lot to get here, and I'm super excited to be able to talk to you finally and your audience as well. Oh, we're going to have some fun. It's always exciting to me to be able to share with others the crazy winding road journey that we go on to get to the place where we can be able to share not only our truth, but our uh, expertise and wisdom. And a lot of times that comes from a lot of ups and downs along the way. So I am excited to share with the audience some of your ups and downs and, and the journey that you've been on. So let's start back at the beginning. Let's start uh, from the backstory and let's hear how you got to this point today. How did I get here? Right. Doesn't people sometimes say that they're like, how did I get here? Um, and <laughs> I think as we get older, sometimes we go, how did I get here? So how did I get here? Uh, I started out, believe it or not in theater management when I went to school. So everything is like uh, operating a, a play or a musical for me. So it's always a stage. You've got actors, you've got a set. Uh, from there, I went into advertising. I started at Ogilvy. I launched a lot of things into the marketplace, some things you might have heard of, like Xantec 75 or Aleve. And then I uh, decided that I got bored and to create my own job in HR because there was a need in the family-owned business that I was working in. So I went. I left corporate America and moved to moved around to a lot of different types of things. And I got and got a master's degree, which was great because everything I learned in my master's degree, I actually implemented into my job. At the time, it was called distance learning. And <laughs> now I know that as webinars. Isn't that funny? Right. My thesis was on, could you do onboarding orientation online? And I think to myself, <laughs> that, was what, yeah, that was what my thesis was on. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So, yeah, right. And then, you know, uh, I got pregnant, which I always kind of wonder how that happens. And then people say to me, like, gene birds and bees kind of thing. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. And um, I left my corporate job and started my first company. And I was a mompreneur when, like, people didn't even know what mompreneurs were. So I always seemed to be on the cutting edge of things. And so I owned a training and uh, training and development company, which then I morphed and uh, into a management consulting company. And then um, my daughter, who was a competitive equestrian, suffered a um, pretty big concussion. Uh, 
And so I actually shut down my company and moved everything back to my home office, which was weird at the time. And I ended up starting an online company. So I started an online company and, and that then became the caveman business growth system as we know it today. So that's, that's how I got here. Not necessarily very purposefully, but it was an interesting journey. (laughs) I don't know. I kind of think that, that, it all is purposeful. It's just sometimes we don't know the purpose. <laughs> Truth on that, right? The universe puts you where you need to be. Yes, I agree with that. Right. So, right. however, in, my, in, my, in the later half of my life, I want to be much more purposeful with things. And I think as sometimes as entrepreneurs and as sales folks or whatever you do for a living, we often just kind of see what's in front of us and not necessarily always looking towards the greater vision of things. And stuff okay. changes along the way, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's my, that's my journey. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, so we got to unpack a few things. Uh, And, you know, we've had a conversation before and I I always get excited for the second one because just all sorts of fun things always pop up and, uh, and you just never know what, what kind of things are going to come out. And you failed last time we talked, you failed to mention that you started at Ogilvy. And I mean, we're talking like, this is kind of like a, a, a big moment for me because I mean, like I studied Ogilvy stuff. Like, he, he, like this is normal, like OG. Yeah. No but like he, he was the he was original, the- like marketer, yeah. advertiser. Like he has influenced so much of what goes on in online marketing these days for so many people. So talk to me about that time period and, and how you got in there, why you were there, why you left. Oh yeah. There's a lot there. Uh, So I was a theater major and I had minored in advertising, really liked advertising. I thought to myself that uh, I couldn't make a career in theater because you get laid off from the theater gigs. So I figured that advertising would be so much better, except you get laid off when they lose the account. So there's (laughs) that. Um, I actually met David Ogilvy. I worked on Skippy peanut butter when I first got there and, uh, yeah, and the activity was, and I still use this today, was to think about who was Skippy Peanut Butter, who was Skippy, who was Jeff, and who was Peter Pan. And if you were to take them to a party, how would you describe them? And what's interesting is, is that when I think about companies, and companies either I'm working with or companies that I want to work with, I think to myself, who is that company? Like, who is that? Who is that person? And how would I want to be with that person? And interestingly enough, I worked with a a data company and I asked them to describe who their data company was. And they came back and told me that they were the Maytag washer repairman living in his mom's basement. And they didn't want their company to be that image. And I said to them, well, who do you want to be? And they said, we want to be Will Smith and Men in Black. I was like, well, okay, let's... (laughs) <laughs> Let's change the image of your company, right? And right. a lot, of, right? So the fact is, that if you think about your brand or your product as a person and start to really think about how do you love that person up? How do you take care of that person? Who is that person? Um, it really changes your how you see your company. You start to talk about that with your employees. It about ch- changes to them because it adds heart. So that's the major thing I took away from working at Ogilvy. 
Yeah. And I and I left because I got bored and wanted to do something else. So I went and worked for a small creative shop after that. Like I got I get bored and I kept moving around for different experiences, which called me a job hopper. But nowadays that's acceptable. It wasn't yeah, now, now it's normal. <laughs> yeah, but it's normal. Now it's but called I was like, finding your passion, right? And, and right, exactly. And it wasn't that. I but every 18 months I moved for a different experience in advertising because I just was cool. bored. Yeah. So valuable. And I guess we could say AKA entrepreneur, like that's, that's the, that's the MO of an entrepreneur these days. And I think, you know, it's become uh, clear that we have to, to teach doing the boring stuff now when in the old days, that was just, it was just what we did. You, you, you found yeah. it, you got it to work and you did the boring stuff and then you decided if you were going to move on or not. Uh, but that's crazy. I, I love that. How fun. Okay. So let's go on to, you worked, you know, you've been in that space for a long time and, and everybody listening, there's already pause, go back and write some of the notes down because there was so much there. I couldn't write fast enough. I can't wait to go back and listen. Uh, just about how you're defining who you are and also who your customer is. I think these days, a lot of people talk so much about identifying your target niche and they don't often talk about who you are and who you want to be to your target niche. So maybe can we just dig into that for just a second? Cause you have so much insight and so much wisdom there that I, I just, I, I don't want to leave there without just kind of maybe pulling that out a little bit more. Sure. So think about uh, you pick an industry like financial advisors, for example, financial, like how many financial advisors do you meet at every networking event, right? There's a gajillion of them. And what do right. they all say? You know, you could say that for accountants or, or any kind of industry, but there's usually a lot of people. And then what do they say? I'm looking to work with high net worth individuals. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, first of all, that's the wrong ideal target client, but we'll leave that for the moment. But what makes you so different from every other financial advisor? Right? What, what, why should people work with you? What do you stand for? What will they get? Who is your who is your brand? How would you describe yourself, your brand, if you were going to take yourself to a party, right? Like Skippy peanut butter. Um, and right. there's research that says that when you can give a brand a personality, uh, it's more likely to be successful. I actually right. saw uh, a woman who's the woman who's the head of the uh, Women NBA. She talked. She used to work at I think at DMBNB or some YNR or something like that. And she talked about how they made loves versus Pampers uh, diapers and that Pampers showed babies and dogs and animals and loves showed like the, the saggy diaper. And she said, you had to really think about making it into a person because who wants to live with a saggy diaper? They want to live with babies and animals and dogs. So as right. a think about who, what do you represent? And for me, that's one of the reasons why I'm the results queen is because my clients told me that every time they worked with me, they got phenomenal results. And they would say, it's like, Jean, you're almost like the queen of results. Or Jean, you are the queen of results. Or you always get us results. It's so amazing. So I called my IP lawyer and I thought, you know, if so many people, I said to him, so many people are calling me the queen of results. I think I should become the queen of results. Can we make that happen? Because that's really what I stand for. I want people to get results. I want, that's, that's, I started from my, First day I opened up my company, my mission is to leave you better than I found you, and I want you to get a result, and if you don't, we'll give you your money back. Like That has been my MO since the day I started my company, or every one of my companies. Right. And he 
And he said to me, nah, I don't want you to be the queen of results. And I said to him, well, why not? He goes, because I think Jean, the results queen, sounds way better. So <laughs> I, registered, I registered Mark, the results queen. And that's, that's my brand. So people know that when they see me, they're going to get a result. That's how it works. And right. if you're in an industry, you got to think about, like, what do you stand for? How would, if, if you were to describe me as taking the party, be like, Dr. Jean's coming. She's the results queen. What do you think right. you're going to get? Right. Right. Love that. That's from Ogilvy. So yeah. There you go. Absolutely. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, you, you say in your bio that you're a business performance coach. And I think I'd like to dig into that a little bit. In sports, we're so used to hearing about uh, a, a coach in that regard, in the arts uh, you know, we were former professional dancers ourselves and in that space. So you, you get performance coaches. This is not unusual. But to add the business performance coach, I, I feel like there's probably a lot of business people out there that might look at that and go, performance coach? Like what? So talk to us about that and about why it's necessary, because obviously you and I have a lot of background in understanding why it is necessary, but let's talk to those people that are maybe thinking, eh, you know, business performance, like what is that? Yeah. I'm going to use an example of a client that I spoke to this morning. I, let's see. So I started working with him last October. So what's it? Nine months, something like that. Sure. And when I was, I was making a speech, he was in the front. I can tell you exactly where he was sitting. He was in the front row. And at the question, he raised his hand and he said to me, I have a coach. I have a, you know, I have a coach in terms of I play soccer. I have a coach to do this. I have a coach to do that. He's a pretty competitive guy. He said, I never thought I need a business performance coach. Like It never occurred to me that one should have a coach in business to be better in business. And I said to him, well, okay, you know, like, and when we talked about, it, he said, I want to hire you. Let's, let's, let's see how it is. So we're in a, a year long contract. So we've got another three months to go. And today we we're just talking about, he wanted to sort of review where we had come from. And he said to me, working with you, Dr. Jean, he said, I, I have achieved more in nine months than I probably have in the last three years. And he said, like, I'm, he goes, I've been competitive, but now I'm focused. He said, I have to show up and be accountable, which if I don't show up every week, I can kind of do whatever I want and maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. He said, we strategize about things and figure things out before I actually just kind of run off and try stuff. He said, I just, he goes, I, I really, I remember sitting there thinking to myself, why do I need that? And he said, now I'm going to be on a panel about origination. And he said, and I'm going to tell everyone they need a business performance coach because that is the difference of whether you're successful or not. And I thought, wow, that's a great story. Thanks so much. I really, you know, it's, it's nice to hear. And, you know, what else do you want to get? But that's, people don't think about it. But when you have it, it really makes a big difference. And for this guy, he, he just told your audience why you should have one. I, thought, that's really I love that. I, I really, I really connect with that. I mean, I've been a coach in a number of different capacities uh, in a number of different industries through the years. And and I always find that those that have already understood or come to grips with the fact that they don't have to go it alone, they, they start to 
to make that progress, you know? And, and I feel like we teach our kids that often we, we put them in dance lessons, we put them in sports and we teach them, we hope, or we think we are that you need a coach. You need somebody to help you through this process. And then when the kids get super competitive, then they get a coach on top of the coach that they have. And people think, well, why would I ever have more than one coach or a specific one? And I say, well, Tom Brady, the best quarterback in the world, had one of the best coaches in the world for the team. But he also had a quarterback coach, somebody mm-hmm. that worked with him just on what he did. And I feel like there's there's so much in that and there's so much in the levels of that that I feel like people can take from this and, and understand that you may think to yourself, well, I already have a business coach or I already have a coach for this, but you may need somebody that can really dig into your, and I'm going to, I'm going to segue this perfectly into your caveman brain. And so I want to know more about this caveman brain concept and the idea so we can pull that out and chat about it a little bit and, uh, and get to the, get to the roots of it. Well done, Michael. (laughs) Really well done you. Uh, So speaking of coaches, there came a point in my entrepreneurial career that I was not achieving everything I wanted in my business. And I was very unhappy about that. And I've had a coach in my business since the day I opened up my company. Uh, I had a friend who had started a business very similar to the one that I started about six months before. And I called him up and I said to him, you know, what do I not know? And he said, my biggest mistake is I went alone for the first two months and did nothing. I hired a coach and I was, I did so much better. So I just, I hired a coach. I've changed coaches along the way. I've always had a coach because I think that it's really important to help me so I can help others. And I love Tom Brady for, if you think about Tom Brady and and lots of athletes have multiple coaches, they have like a team around them. But we in business don't think we need a team. We in business think, well, you know, I should do myself because badge of honor shows or badge of courage that I actually could do it on my own, which is really not truth. Most successful people in business have multiple people. They have a coach. They have an accountability partner. They have a mastermind group. Uh, They they have multiple things to help them move forward. And I find that as you get more successful, you need more multiple things. All right. So I'm not being successful in my company. I'm wondering what the heck is wrong with me. So I hired not one, not two, not three, but I hired four different coaches in four different areas all at the same time to fix me because I was <laughs> really unhappy. Right. So, so one of them happened to be a Harvard neuroscientist. And from the Harvard neuroscientist, He taught me about my brain. Now, the brain is the least studied uh, organ in our body. If you think about when we talk about ADHD or mental health, we go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a social worker, and then we work on ourselves. But you don't even know what's wrong with you unless you have your brain scanned and then diagnosed to know what's going on. Very important. So anyway, I learned from the Harvard neuroscientist of what was wrong with me, which turned out that I... that there's something called your amygdala, which is an almond-shaped part of your brain that sits in the back of your head. People call it lizard brain, or they, you know, they call it whatever they call it. I can never say any of those things. So I called it my caveman brain. And it's our internal protection system. Think, fight, flight, or freeze. So what was really good is when we were cave people, our, our, cave, our amygdalas, our caveman brain, 
scans the horizon looking for danger. It's like breathing. You can't control it. It just keeps scanning the horizon. And when it hears something or sees something, it will flood your body with chemicals to fight, flight, or freeze. So in caveman days, we saw the bushes rustle. We heard the, the, the bushes go, and we thought to ourselves, okay, saber tooth tiger, let's run, or let's fight, or let's freeze. That's great. The challenge is that um, there aren't any saber tooth tigers nowadays, and our brain still operates to make sure that it does its one own thing is to ensure we don't die. That's it. Don't die. It's not a lot that kills us nowadays. So our brain makes up stories to protect us. And in working with the Harvard neuroscientists, I had made up a story to protect me from getting more successful or being more successful. So that left, started me on a journey and I read a whole bunch of different books, started working on myself, uh, trying lots of different techniques. And then they worked for me and then I would teach them to my current clients and they worked for them. And then I decided that I, the whole world needs to know about caveman brain. So I created a system that would help you grow so no one would have to suffer through what I did and streamline the whole thing so it was super easy. Um, it's four phases. They are always in your life. Once you know about the phases, you can graduate and go off and be fabulous. I, I use them all the time. And uh, that's how Caveman Brain was born. I love that. And so powerful. I, I find that a lot of people get stuck with labels that I would say came from like the industrial era, you know, and labels about our brain and how things work. And, uh, you know, I, I, like you, am fascinated with that subject and, and started down that journey with neurolinguistics and just love the topic. And, and I find so many people are so stuck in labels from commercials, which is really yeah. interesting. Right. Like, hey, I, that sounds like me. They described it on a commercial. So I must have this. I must be that. And, yep. and uh, you know, you, you'd mentioned ADHD earlier. And, and the number of times I've met a, a successful entrepreneur that had originally been labeled with that. And they said, you know what, once I learned how to use it, it's a superpower. I wouldn't ever, ever give it up. Nope. And to me, that doesn't sound like a, a negative label. It sounds like a negative uh, uh, version of how we decided we were going to teach people that had that superpower. And, uh, and to be able to find others that work with and understand how the brain works like you and be able to work with somebody that has a system. I'm all, I love frameworks. So anybody that, that knows me, I love frameworks and I love systems and processes. I love to be able to repeat things and be able to repeat success. And so as we talked earlier about the results that you can get and find for people, uh, hopefully those listening right now can hear that it's not just, I accidentally get results because uh, for what it's worth, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that can get accidental results for other people that they work with. Uh, and you can accidentally have some success along the way. And, and, and anybody can do that uh, if you're just in it. But to have a system and a process where you can repeat it and do it over and over again from my dancing days, that was imperative. Uh, you know, yeah. you had to have a system. You had to have the right, dare I say, choreography to make sure that you could repeat this, the performance again and to be able to dig into that caveman brain 
is so powerful. I, I might be, I'm, I'm going to be a little bold here. You can say no if you'd like, but I'd love <laughs> to hear just a little bit more about the four phases if you're willing to share a little bit with us. And, oh. and just because I feel like we can learn so much from at least giving, getting that top layer view of that and starting to understand it a bit more. Oh, absolutely. I'm happy to share everything and anything. Uh, because to me, at the end of the day, I want people to be successful. And as I said, my mission is to leave you better than I found you. And that's why we're so grateful to be on your podcast today, because we can talk about Caveman Brain and help other people not go through what I've suffered right. to figure out, like, why am I in this terrible place? Well, it's because my right. Caveman Brain brought me there, thanks so much. And I didn't have the <laughs> techniques to get, it, to get me out of it, which, right. thank you so much. Now we do. And once you, first of all, once you figure out caveman brain, just let me tell you, because also as, you know, as a, having a PhD in business psychology, like I'm also fascinated by this. It comes literally from four places. Let me just start with that. And then I'll give you, and I promise I'll give you the four phases as well. So it comes from four places, your parents, your childhood, your culture, and your life experiences. I can't tell you how many people come up to me and they say, you know, I had a parent who, when I brought home my test and had a 97 on it, they would say, where's the other three points? And then what they're doing is they're spending their whole life trying to find the other three points when 97 as an adult is pretty freaking good as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I had a story of a client that just breaks my heart. He, he was, he was a clarinetist. And he said to me, Gene, have you ever tried? I've never had the clarinet. He goes, it's like sucking on a wooden spoon. I was like, well, that's a visual, right? And he said, so I hated it so much. My parents made me play it. I finally in high school ditched it. And he said, I went out for the baseball team. And he said, and I was really good. And I got, the, the, they put me on the first string and I was the first base player. I was the first base. And I was like a first baseman. I was like, well, that's great. He goes, yeah, except my best friend was the first baseman. And I took his job. And he said, and then what happened was my best friend stopped being my best friend. And in fact, all my friends on the baseball team, which is the reason why I joined the baseball team, they stopped being my friends. So what did I do? He said, I stopped being really good at first base so that my friend could get his job back. But by that time, it was wrecked and my, my relationship was wrecked. And so he said, so now what I do is as I find out what I'm really good at and then I back off because I don't want anyone not to be my friend anymore. And he was 55 years old. So imagine living your whole life from high school to with that, with that in your head. That's, that's where these wow. four places come from. So the first thing is to really think about that because there's so many things that hold us back, as you say, from labels, parents, our culture, our life experiences, that if you can dig into that and just get rid of it, we call it throwing your baggage off the train, um, you can be much more successful. With that said, here's the four phases of the caveman brain business growth system. Alignment, accountability, expansion, and mind chunk. So let's just, I'll dig a little bit until you know. And depends on, it doesn't matter if you're in leadership or sales or you know whatever you're doing, the caveman brain system actually works everywhere. Uh, the alignment is, is that are you in alignment? Meaning like, like, for example, ticket sales. We just, I talked to you about being um, a financial advisor looking for high net worth people and who is your brand? So, you know, who's your ideal target client? Where do they hang out? Do you have the right messages? Uh, we, I remember being in a networking event and there was an accountant and he said, I work with business owners. And I was like, oh, I, you know, business owner, I get that. And then he gave a story about a young couple who had a baby that he'd done their taxes. Well, those two things, the caveman brain goes, eh. Like it, it, 
on a subconscious level, a lot of things happen. So therefore you would never refer him because there's uh, he's out of alignment. So you have to make sure you're in alignment. Like if you're in leadership, you have to understand like, what do you like as a leader? Are you willing to tell people your playbook as a leader so that they know, like, for example, when I was in corporate America, I tell people, don't come talk to me at 1130. I get hungry child syndrome. I'm not very nice. And you're never going to get what you want. So either see me in the morning, bring me a cookie at 1130 or see me at like in the afternoon. That was my playbook. Because if you came at 1130, I was probably pretty hungry and I wasn't probably pretty happy with you. So I was going to say no. So again, alignment of who you are, what you represent, what do you want people to know about you? How do you want them to interact with you? That's alignment. Then accountability. Uh, I told you my daughter was a competitive equestrian. I read this great book by an Olympian equestrian who, and there was two things. It was a 350 page book. It was two things I took away. And one of them was horses are like humans. They're lazy and you have to get them to be motivated to do something for you every single day. We're not really a very small percentage of us as a population are very good at keeping us are, are accountable, but most of us really suck at it. So what accountability systems do you have in place to keep you going? And as someone who has ADHD, I have multiple systems. I have digital, I have physical, I have people. <laughs> like I've got everything I can possibly can to keep me accountable. So once you're in alignment, you then you need to be in accountable because you need to actually put in place all the things that you did in alignment. You have to have systems to make sure you did that, to make sure that things are going well. And then once you do that, you find that you really are happy and you want to do more. So then you think to yourself, how do I expand? Now, the challenges that caveman brain, and this is where I learned from my Harvard neuroscientist, like he's mine, um, is that uh, the brain thinks that the more you do, the more burden you will have. So therefore, you are overwhelmed already or have too much to do. So how will you end up doing more, which is what was holding me back. So in expansion, and we talk a lot about that, how do you streamline things? How are you able to do more with less? What metrics are you measuring to make sure that you are managing the right things? And then finally, what happens is once you're doing that, and you can be in that a long period of time, you somehow end up in mind junk. And then you spend, literally, it's just like, oh, what the heck am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. Why am I here? And I will tell you that about six months ago, it was it was last summer, I ended up in mind junk. And I just like the whole the whole third quarter, I was like, what the heck am I doing? And I would sit in my office like, I don't know where my business is going and I don't know what we want next. And so I was in this mind junk place. But what's great is that once you get out of mind junk, you end up back in alignment. And what you do is you either learn more about your target audience, you dig in deeper, you put out a new product or a new service, or you, tr or you, be or you reinvent yourself. And then you have to make sure you have all the right things that are in alignment and you go back into accountability and back to expansion. So you can spend little time in each of those four phases or a lot of time in each of four phases. I have uh, people who have spent two years in mind junk and haven't moved on. But those are the four phases. Then they work anywhere. I, I love it. Holy cow. We, we could literally just keep jamming on this for ages. Uh, but right now we've done and covered so many awesome things. And I'll just remind everybody again, just pause, go back, take some notes. Uh, because right there, you've gotten so many things that you can go and find results as we talked about uh, earlier. And, and I think it's important that you do because there's a ton here for you. But that being said, 
how can everybody get in touch and reach out to you and learn more and get more and and be more involved with the concepts and the ideas that you're sharing and teaching and and maybe even find their way to doing some coaching with you? So everything's on our website called cavemanbrain.com. And on cavemanbrain.com, uh, there are lots of free resources that you can download. There's videos that you can watch. Um, if you want to get, get coaching or sign up for our courses, you can do that as well. Again, our mission is to leave you better than I found you. So we want to make sure that you know you get what you need to be successful, whether it's a DIY situation or you want to have someone to hold your hand along the way. Uh, if you want, you can also just send me an email. I'm gene at cavemanbrain.com. And when I tell people, like, that's my email, send me a question. I'm happy to answer. Like, I, right. I, I, I'm here to help and I want people to be successful. So send me an email. I'm happy. Send me a question. And, and I'm happy to have you pick my brain. So that's how that's the people find me. Well, what a cool journey and what a cool path. Uh, so many great things for everybody to take away. I'm, I'm excited to uh, read your book and uh, learn some more about all of this that you've studied and researched and helped so many people on and excited to get involved with that. Uh, before we head out, do you have any last words of wisdom you can leave us with? I, yes, you should always be moving forward towards a result, period. Because if you're not moving forward, you're definitely moving backwards. And if you don't know where you're moving to, you will be lost. So move forward to a result. I love that. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. As usual, keep working on your choreography for your business. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.